Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I'd do. I've been married a long time ago. A girl with kaleidoscope eyes. You're beautiful. Hello, welcome to episode number 28 of Broken Records, the podcast which goes out of its way to listen to shit music. Why would they do that? Why? You have to ask yourself why you do that. Just because it's entertaining for you, we hope. Uh, My name's Stephen Hill and his name is Renfrey Deadman. Renfrey, hello. Hello. Going down Renfrey's specialist subject today, Pink Floyd's Umaguma <laughs> is going to be the album that we're talking about. You know, yeah. the they band, know. only the band that Muse could have been. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame that they never got their due, Pink Floyd, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah, play, know playing yeah. uh, playing bars and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've probably not even heard of them, uh, but hey. um if you don't know what we're talking about renfrey thinks that pink floyd aren't he didn't realize pink floyd were were like big uh and he pointed that out on a a classic on a classic album special about pink floyd as well (laughs) i mean you're definitely making it look worse than it actually is uh i didn't realize they were as big as they were i didn't i didn't realize right yeah yeah, yeah. stadium you thought muse were bigger than them uh no Uh, yeah you did you said oh you know Muse have taken on they've got bigger more commercially successful and I was like what I believe that's what you said wasn't it oh it was along those lines yeah it was something like that (laughs) it was very funny Um, anyway look we try and find the worst album ever made here on the show this is part of the Riot Act podcast network Renfrew and I every Friday we do Riot Act which is a kind of review show where we review the very best in alternative music coming out that week uh, we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. You can sign up for that. £5 a month will get you our classic album series podcast. I did The Wall, and that's where uh, Renfrey introduced me to this idea about Pink Floyd not being as sizable as, um, as Muse. And uh, which I still think is rather... Which is just something that I know really annoys him, which is why I bring it up every <laughs> single time Pink Floyd ever come up. And I will for the rest of my dying days, I will do that. Uh, anyway, so basically we used to do a little segment at the end of Riot Act just to sort of tie the show together uh, called Broken Records, where we did what we're doing in this podcast. We decided to make it its very own thing. So what you're about to listen to is the last one of the archived versions of... Um, broken records where it was just a part of riot act from now on going forward from episode 29 they will be their own thing properly recorded new from now going onwards so i hope so you won't have to suffer any of these shit intros anymore that's what i'm saying really uh this came out on the 18th of september 2020 uh riot act episode 111 a very good a very good week that was it's was napalm death uh bob mole oh, jamie yeah. lenman yeah, brilliant. Uh, week. Fawn Limbs, Hidden Mothers, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And we spoke about Umaguma as well. Um, Umaguma so is. 
<laughs> well, this is the thing. So we haven't actually picked these records that are going into broken records just because we think we're, they're shit. Because I love Pink Floyd. And a lot of people do like this album. This is a very odd one. Because I always say, you know, like, it could be the critical response. It could be the commercial response. It could be this. It could be that. It could be the band response. This is one of the few times where it's actually the band's response to their own record is pretty yeah. much the main reason why it's here uh at all so you know I would, anyway i would say they have a point clear. i would say they have a point. <laughs> yeah i know you would yeah yeah i know you would um i'm not quite as strong on it as renfrey is but you know i i think there's there's levels to this is what i'm saying anyway let's all find out exactly what we're talking about we're going to throw over to ourselves now talking about umagama by pink floyd all right let's move on and close the show as we do with Broken Records. Shall I do a rundown of where we are in Broken Records or do you think that's not worth it? Oh, this is so many now. No. So many, isn't it? <laughs> Fine, fuck it. Okay. Um, Pink Floyd, Umaguma is what we're going to be talking about this week. Um, released on the 7th of November, 1969, the fourth album by Pink Floyd, the 1960s Muse ripoffs. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is the first Pink Floyd album <laughs> that contains no new songwriting credits from the band's original leader, Sid Barrett, uh, who left halfway through the making of A Saucer Full of Secrets in 1968. And in came Mr. Dave Gilmore of Standing on Top of the Wall doing a solo fame. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm already enjoying this one. Yeah. So really, you know, I guess... Um, this really marks the first time that we get an album entirely made from the quote unquote classic Pink Floyd lineup that made Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, et al. Um, it's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry. What do you mean? <laughs> well, it's a shame that it was this one. Oh, he's taking uh, a sip of his drink. I'm taking a sip of my drink. Um, that was all I was just taking a sip of my drink. Um, <laughs> I was reading too much so, into that, wasn't I? Yeah. Okay, go on. Yeah. So, uh, Umaguma, well, we should just, I guess, just get straight into what it is. Um, the first mm. half of it consists of a live album recorded at Manchester College of Commerce. Yes, really. And a club in Birmingham called Mothers. Uh, so it's four tracks. Astrom Astronomy Demean, the opening song from Piper and the Gates of Dawn, um, which is the debut Pink Floyd album. And it's the only writing credit on this album that Sid Barrett has. Obviously, I'm not really counting it because... It's a live version of that song. Um, two from Source Full of Secrets and Careful With That Axe, Eugene, which was the B-side to the single Point Me At The Sky, which is quite a rare Floyd single, Renfrey, mm. if you don't know. Mm. Um, whilst the second half of the record uh, is a contribution from each member uh, doing a sort of solo thing. Um, some of it's quite wacky, as you might imagine. <laughs> from uh from the time um i think some of this might have been influenced by drugs i'm gonna put it out there now i'm gonna put it out there now i think acid may have had a part to play in this record potentially yes <laughs> it's you know it, it, it's possible um <laughs> you know it is possible um the uh nick mason's part uh featured his then wife lindy playing flute yeah. Which is exciting, isn't it? Getting your wife in. That normally works well in albums, <laughs> isn't it? It's always going to work out well, I think. When yeah. your wife's in the studio with you, helping you out. Yeah. I can't think of any time when that's ever been a good idea. <laughs> Has that ever worked? Has that ever worked out well, I suppose? Wings. I was thinking of Paul McCartney. No, wings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I don't know. No, I'm, I'm struggling to think. Um, do tweet mm. us if you can think of anything, but uh, I can't off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, unless yes. your husband and wife and you're in the band together and that is part of the band. Yeah, yeah. Twin but just being like, yeah, yeah, hey yeah. guys, my wife's here. <laughs> She's going <laughs> to come and play the flute. Really? Actually, I've got one. I've got one. Um, the Knife Party by Deftones. That's uh, that bit in the middle, the bit that ironically is a massive ripoff of um, Great Gig in the Sky. Yeah. Uh, that's Abe Cunningham's wife. Is it? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, fascinating. I believe. Okay. I believe. Do you know what? I've just plucked that out of the air from nowhere. I'm 99.9% that is true. Oh, great. If I'm it's gonna not... To, I'm going to have to fact no, no, check that now. No, don't... Well, <laughs> no, I'm saying it. I'm almost certain that that's able to come that's part work. of what i do in the edit i fact check that's why it takes me fucking ages Steve. yeah but i'm not asking you to fact check it i'm saying i think that's why other people can fact check it and they can go actually no but then they'll shout at us and i don't like it when that but i've just i've just covered our ass by going anyway look i am so sure do you know i'm so sure i'm right but as i said it i went when was the last time i actually read that or heard that but i'm sure i'm right I'm positive. Let's, let's go with let's go with that you're right and that's that's fascinating and crikey she's got a set of pipes on her. She I'd has. Say. Yes, she absolutely has. But for the most part really really um I don't think you need to get your wife involved in helping you make your albums or your or maybe husband's like or your husband. Time, your yeah. husband. Yeah, or your husband. Yeah. Um you know. so it's pretty wacky as you might imagine for Pink Floyd at this time, but the amount of work that they put in individually to their own little contributions to this record and that live thing was kind of enough to justify the first post Sid Barrett Pink Floyd album which on reflection to me I think we'll probably talk about this in a bit doesn't really feel like a lot of thought has gone into this record particularly in terms of this should be some sort of we are the new this is Pink Floyd now this is the statement, not here's a live album and we've done a song each as well. Well, I feel like a lot of drugs have gone into it. Um, a lot of I'm... drugs have gone into it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, maybe, we should say, mm. uh, we'll allegedly. Get, we'll, um, we'll, definitely a lot of drugs went into it. Absolutely. Like there's no fucking getting away from that. That happened. There was a lot of drugs involved. But uh, just as a business, not as a business decision, but as a creative decision and as putting a marker down, Oh, I'm they... I'm sorry. It's a dumb fucking move. It's a dumb <laughs> fucking move. <laughs> Silly, dumb move. Uh, but anyway, so I mean, it went in as the album was released. Went to number five in the UK charts, uh, and it was number seventy-four in the US Billboard charts. Their first album to chart that high in the US. And it's currently sold over a million copies in the USA. That's platinum. It's gone gold here in the UK, sixty thousand copies. Um, at the time of release. Critics were fairly positive to this record. The International, I don't actually know what that is, but it was a thing from the time, called it probably one of the best live recordings I've ever heard. Um, Robert Christogu has suggested that that the album's hypnotic melodies make it an admirable record to fall asleep to. I'm not sure if that's... (laughs) I'm not sure. I mean... I He's don't such really. A prick, isn't he? He is a bit of a prick, but I mean, I mean, I do agree like, with him, but he is a prick. <laughs> I mean, much like uh, when we do any 
of these albums from this period of time it's actually really quite hard to find reviews from that period yes so yeah. there aren't really many reviews for me to be able to call on unfortunately um but when pink floyd re-released their entire back catalog over the many times that they have done that um the re-releases when they've come out there the, the the sort of reviews at that point uh, appear to have been quite a mixed bag of opinions. Um, Stylist magazine was very positive about it in 2012. They said, as a visceral document of the early Floyd's proclivity for atmospheric energetic jamming, there's nothing else like it. Uh, they also said that the studio, um, half of it, somehow transcends its fractured construction to make a full-length statement. Uh, the Daily Telegraph gave it three out of five when they reviewed the entire Pink Floyd discography in 2012. The Rolling Stone album guide has given it two and a half out of five. Not terrible. Um, Sputnik Music gave it four out of five, uh, saying, In the end, Umaguma, within its essence, is an exploratory odyssey, one in which Pink Floyd discover new musical realms that take themselves to even stranger dimensions. This is certainly one of their least appreciated efforts and far from being a classic, but it was nece a necessary step in their career. Um, so it's sold well. It's been reviewed quite well. It's not really seen as one of the best in their back catalogue, mm. but certainly not the worst either. Mm. So for one of the first times in Broken Records history, Renfrey, mm. I'm going, well, why is it here? Sold a million copies in America. Big hit. They got big off the back of it. The critics seem to quite like it. I've been looking at the fan sites. You get a lot of good reviews from the fan sites. People seem to like it. Why is this in broken records? We even had a few tweets from people mm. going, oh my God, are you mad? It's great. Mm. Um, people, it's probably the most we've ever had for an album that was going into this list on broken records. Yes. So the only thing I can think is, why is it here? Well, this is a little bit, like Stanley Kubrick banning A Clockwork Orange. Um, yeah. Everyone else seems to like it, but the band themselves think it's fucking rubbish. Mm. Um, Roger Waters has called it a disaster. Um, Dave Gilmore was asked what he thinks of either side in an interview back in 1994. He said, I think both are horrible. The live disc of Amagumma might be all right, but even that isn't recorded well. Um, Nick Mason has said this is absolutely not a band album. The live stuff sounds incredibly antiquated, although the fact that Pink Floyd playing at Mothers in Birmingham was considered a bit of an event at the time. We were looking for new ways of constructing an album, although I think this demonstrates uh, what this demonstrates is that our sum is always better than the parts. EMI was very hidebound in those days. It was run by guys in white coats. I was prevented from editing my own tapes by a studio manager who told me I wasn't a union member. Um, Dave Gilmore said, I'd never written anything before. I just went up into the studio and started waffling about, tacking bits and pieces together. I rang up Roger at one point to ask him to write some lyrics for me. He just said, no. Um, <laughs> Nick Mason also said, I thought it was a very good and interesting little exercise. The whole business of everyone doing a bit, but I still feel very strongly that it's quite a good example of the sun being greater than the parts. The most significant thing is that we didn't do it again. Um, so Pink Floyd themselves think this is shit, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that is why it gets onto lists of, you know, when you talk about the worst album ever or the most did of this and that album ever, Umaguma gets on there because Pink Floyd themselves are like, oh God, and they're always slagging it off. Um, Renfrey, are they right to slag this record off? 
I think they're absolutely 100% right to slag this Do record you? off. Okay. Yeah, I think it's fucking dreadful, uh, <laughs> personally. <laughs> um, fucking hell. I, I listen to this and I understand why the punk movement rose up in such great opposition against prog, generally. Yeah, I c- you know, because this is... I mean, the- let, let's, let's be clear here. Mm. This is more psychedelic... 60 psychedelia than it is prog i would uh, say yes but yes yes fine well it's psychedelic prog isn't it um i, I mean I we're splitting so, yeah. we're splitting hairs here we're splitting yeah, hairs here but but you know like it, it it it's what one thing that it undeniably is is very self-indulgent okay. uh you said to me, you listened to this before me, and uh, you gave me a little bit of a pre-warning heads up, which I very much appreciated. Um, I think you could have spent 24 hours warning me about this record, and I still wouldn't have got the enormity of the utter shitness of it. Uh, <laughs> um, you said that the live album was okay, was you know all right, but mm-hmm. the studio album is where it really descends into broken record territory yeah and i think that's fair to an extent but i have to say even the live album uh and i'm not familiar with or in fact i'm not familiar with any of the songs except for a source of full of secrets which i which is by far for me the best track on the entire thing by far really okay for my money yeah um but when i hear a song like astronomy demine 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 um the way that it rises and falls and tries to go to different places and be be dynamic and all that sort of thing but it it's eight and a half minutes and it never actually feels like it goes anywhere you know and and i think i mean i do feel like i'm returning to an argument which i've made before but people say that post-rock is self-indulgent Post rock is Blink One Eight Two compared to this. Oh, that's a bad example, but but, but in in terms of its non self indulgence, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like this is this is so self indulgent. It's just un. I mean, this is the this is the stuff that I recall. I when when we were doing the Wall special, um, I. Uh, brought up a friend of mine from drama school who was obsessed with the Sid Barrett era of Pink Floyd and he used to play me this stuff all the time and I was just like I don't get it man and and I, here I find myself almost 17 18 years later and I'm still in I do not get this stuff at all I find it really boring really dull really droll and over long overstuffed self-indulgent and to add to that the other big argument I always make with Pink Floyd, other bands have come along and done this stuff better. This whole thing of like, oh, they're the originators, so therefore they're the best. That whole argument, you know, Black Sabbath are not the best metal band ever. The MC5 are not the best punk band ever, if we're going to call them a Black, punk band. Black Sabbath are very, 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 very high up in the list of the best metal bands ever. They're very good, but they're not the best. DJ Cool Herc is not the best hip hop artist of all time. You know, this whole thing of the originator is the best. It's just mm. nonsense. I mean, um, careful with that axe, Eugene. Certainly sounds very re- reminiscent of uh, the Mars Volta. And I'm sure... I, the Mars- I, I actually think, I was going to say, for the live thing, I think careful with that axe, Eugene, is the, is the best. 
I think it's the best thing. Probably my it's probably my favorite bit on the record, actually. Okay, okay. I will say, like, I listened to that and I was like, okay, the Mars Volta were definitely paying attention to this song. Like, I'd be really surprised if they hadn't heard this song. And there's bits on it which reminded me of Francis the Mute. You know, certainly the really, really, really long song that's like 35 minutes spread over a few tracks, mm -hmm. particularly. But you know, I think the Mars Volta have advanced it and made it far better and made it far more exciting and made it far more put a lot more kind of um verve and spirit and energy into it um and i just i think if you compare the two it's just it's night and day personally i i i think careful with that axe eugene oh um it, it it's borderline yeah okay um, um it's one of the better moments on the record i don't think it's saying a lot especially when we get to disc two um mm. but but yeah i yeah it probably is i think i think if you i think if you told me when i came to it because it's the second track isn't it i think if yeah. you told me that this was going to be one of the best songs on the record i would have just given up <laughs> at that point because <laughs> i mean yeah we'll get on to the second disc in a moment which i'm i'm sure you will agree with me on on a lot of that stuff um but uh, but even 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 the live album, whilst there were bits that I really liked, and and actually a sourceful source of other secrets is one of them. I did think this is self indulgent twaddle, and this is everything I hate about Pink Floyd. Yes, I mean you know Pink Floyd at this point, I, I think uh, yes. are very very definitely, you know, um, doing the Sid Barrett mad psychedelic mm. elongated whatever fucking you know and also Wank. you know yeah yeah i mean look you know i'm not i've i said this when we did the wall i'm not someone who is in love with i mean we'll talk about sort of where they went and stuff in a little bit uh, there are bits from the sid barrett area I mean, i've got um piper at the gates of dawn and i think some of it's really fucking good some okay. of it's really good right and sid barrett is obviously a very single-minded uh and unique individual um, I, will, I will say just to interject very quickly piper at the gates of dawn is actually on writer's review so um we will do that one one day <laughs> yeah we will i won't make you listen to too much more people for a while <laughs> no, oh, honest, oh, oh not not for a while but we will do it yeah one day yeah um you know but i i don't i i don't think that um I think the live, you know, there's bits of the Sid Barrett era that I like. There's bits that I think is everything that you've just said. Yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. kind of the, uh, the the direct aftermath of the Sid Barrett era as well at this point. Um, I mean, the whole idea of the album just smacks. I mean, I said at the start, like, who's in charge here? And this whole album feels like, who's who's running this show now? Mm -hmm. Like, I think you can listen to Source Full of Secrets and that is slightly transitory i think you can listen to piper at the gates of dawn you go well i know who's i, I at least know who's in charge here or at least somebody has taken the reins here yep. umaguma is a kind of a, a, a rainless directionless record um i don't necessarily think all of it is bad i mean like i say those songs were not created in the studio for the the live tracks i think careful with the axe eugene is good you mentioned the live source of the secrets which points of that i'm like yeah this is mm. this is good it's not a brilliant live album i no. think the recorded it's their the recorded equals are superior to them yes. in every in every case certainly um, certainly a source of full of secrets i can i can confirm definitely it's better on the yeah um and it's then when we, and you're right it's then when we get to the recorded side studio album part um where 
I'm going to give, uh, do you know what? Before we kind of go, oh, what are you thinking? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to give Roger, I'm going to at least give Roger Waters a little bit of credit for at least attempting to write a song. Yep. Yep. Fair. Like Roger Waters. Like, in Grandchester Meadows. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to shit. I'm not going to shit on Roger Waters because I would say actually Grandchester Meadows is, it's not ever going to be like, if I'm making a list of the greatest Pink Floyd ever songs ever, that ain't going to be in there. But in the, the the kind of um the context of this record i when it comes in i'm like oh i think this is a fucking actual song and roger waters is actually trying to write a song there's stuff like you know richard 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 wright well just 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 to say grantchester meadows on that it's pleasant enough that song but it Mm. is very much a stockholm syndrome thing isn't it it is very much like oh thank god something's come in that's melodious and tuneful i mean let's not piss about it's still not a good song but it is a song <laughs> at least i think it's an all right i think it's an all right song i think it's a you know is it a great it's not a great song is it a good song it's an all right song it's an all it's, right song it's double the length it needs to be seven that's, and a half minutes well you can say that about a lot of songs and i don't necessarily think it makes them bad songs can you make just say not that, can you say that songs can you say that about a lot of songs that are double the length they need to be i don't think you can think say about could... a lot of songs <laughs> no, i think it's five i would have yeah it's it's quite it's it's quite a little bit too i'd say it's, it doesn't could, five it minutes do- of this would be fine i think three minutes of it would have been fine perfect actually it's okay. it's a nice song it's an it's a nice pleasant song but it mm. is very much i think it i think it's such a sort of <sighs> after the absolutely dreadful self-indulgent shit that comes before it i you know i i think that's the reason why i think if you isolated yeah. it then you'd be like meh so who is the most pretentious of the other three because i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna tag roger waters out here yep, i mean fair, of course fair, fair. of course i am fucking going on about the wall everyone's gonna be like oh hill you fucking get your get your tongue out of roger waters <laughs> but like i am i am gonna say roger waters you are exempt from i mean apart from not helping dave dave gilmore out with any lyrics i which mean clearly needed i'm ha- um, i'm happy to tag him out but but can shouldn't we mention the fact that he's responsible for several species of small furry animals gathered together in a cave and grieving with a pict that's the name of the song yeah yeah I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. So he's responsible for Naughty's emo titles, for starters. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But I find, I mean, I gotta say, I find that at least sort of funny. For five minutes? Well, you know, it's Pink Floyd, isn't it? If Ale, okay, look, if Ailstorm did that, you'd be fucking furious. Is <laughs> all I'll say. Well, if Ailstorm did that and they did that 12 times, which is what they tend to do then yes i would be furious mm, but mm. at least it's like so let's explain what it is it's a bunch of sort of whooping animal noises and then waters occasionally yeah whooping over the top of it isn't it for five doing, minutes and doing the scottish like yeah. talking in a scottish accent yeah for five minutes it's yeah. i mean look it's not great it's not great but then it's terrible you know yeah it's not great it's not great i guess no it's, it's not <laughs> i like uh, the scottish accent is nice to listen to i feel like i'm really struggling to like <laughs> not slag off Rob, roger Walton, i'm really sorry I'm... mate but it's bad <laughs> i'm so sorry look i know you love pink floyd and i, I don't i don't really enjoy tearing them apart because they have they have they have influenced some of my favorite bands ever 
but it is terrible. It is objectively terrible. Mm. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Come on. Uh, so who's, who's, who's worse? The most, who's right, the worst? Right, Gilmore or Mason? For me, it's between Wright and Mason. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, goodness me. Mm, fucking hell. Um, oh, goodness It's got to be right in it. It's got to be right. I think it is right. Just yeah, falling I think on right. his keyboard. Well, goodness me. Okay, so he has written the song Sisyphus, Sisyphus, and it's in four separate parts, as Pink Floyd are want to do. Uh, I didn't make notes of part one, but part two is the sound of a cat walking over random keys of a piano. Uh, mm. Part three is that same cat walking over different parts of the piano whilst hitting a drum kit and drowning. And part four is that same cat walking over a moog on heavy sedatives before startling itself by falling on an organ. That's what this song is. And it is fucking shite. It's awful. John Cage. John Cage would look at this and go, bit avant-garde, lads. It's, it's fucking just shit. It's shit. I don't understand the cult of Pink Floyd. I just don't get it. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, and it is a cult. It's ridiculous because you just kind of get people who go, oh, my God, it's genius. They were the first to do it. They were the first to put a cat on a piano. It's like, no, it's fucking shit. What? I mean, I know this is not the record to judge them as a whole. Well, I was going to say, obviously. I, think, I <laughs> don't think that's what people were thinking when they talk about how great. That's not what my, my head does not go to fucking no, sure. syphilis parts one to four when i think sure. about why i like pink floyd no sure 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 but you but you did acknowledge at the beginning of this broken records that this wasn't particularly reviewed badly and i yeah. feel like if any other band had released it it would have had at least a star knocked off of all of the re- reviews i mean i'm looking at some of them now it should have had several stars knocked off all of them and i can't help but feel that the only reason that it didn't have those stars knocked off is cuz it's pink fucking floyd and i just don't get it i think it's i think i think we i think we do call out other bands when that sort of thing happens and i think you know, I mean, maybe I feel like you're part of the cult, Steve. I'm sorry to say it, but I think you might wow. be part of the cult. <laughs> yeah, wow. but I, I don't. I, I, I mean, I, I looked up the reviews on um, Amazon for this uh, for this album, and you know, just people being like, "Oh, it's a masterwork," and all this kind of thing. It's like, what are you fucking on about? It's dreadful. Like there, there are bits that are good. But I reckon this is 86 minutes and 32 seconds in total. I reckon that only 20 minutes of this entire thing has anything that is even vaguely approaching good. And even then, I wouldn't say it's good. It's just vaguely approaching good. And and mm. and for me, like I say, A Source of All of Secrets is the highlight of the entire thing. And the um the version on the the album, which is also full of secrets, isn't it? Yeah, is is better. It's just it's just a total pointless waste of time. It's fucking shite. Well, in their own defence, mm-hmm. this is what Dave Gilmore said when asked about um this album in two thousand eleven. We were fairly brave, and we would put anything on a record that amused us one way or another. But in some of those moments, we were floundering about and didn't have our forward momentum very clear. And inspiration might have been a bit thin on the ground at times. A bit. Me very much so, Dave, yeah. (laughs) People accuse us of being pretentious, but if you don't push the boundaries, if you don't verge on the borders of pretentious, I don't think you can advance an awful lot. You've got to have the courage and not care what people think about you, 
in that moment. Now, I agree with all of that, right? I, I think that is why, you know, Pink Floyd, like I said, this is the classic lineup of Pink Floyd, but they'd lost their leader at this point. They'd lost the guy who was the fucking guy. Sid Barrett mm. was the guy who did all the stuff. He was the one that everyone thought about. It would be like, like Nirvana trying to get a new front man in or yeah. maybe not even that it would be like you know it's like trying to get the some trying to think of something like Het, like hetfield be trying to get like a replacement for james hetfield yeah. after a couple of albums and suddenly you're looking around and you're like oh fuck like but this is the stuff that should remain on the studio floor well that's fair this you is know, i mean this is this is you know like i understand that this is a process um and i do get that like you know, sometimes you have to come out with all sorts of shit before you get to the gold, you know, but um, I just don't understand at all. I mean, maybe, maybe it was a contractual obligation or something like that, that we're not considering or thinking about, or that I'm not considering or thinking about. And certainly that thing that um, Gilmore said, it was Gilmore that you quoted from there, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, About, I mean, you're not going to get anyone who agrees with that sentiment more than me in terms of like, in order to, to to be experimental and so and so forth you do have to be pretentious i talk about pretentious music all the fucking time but there's pretentious music and then there's this this is beyond pretentious this is this is so far up the ass of stuff <laughs> like so far up. i mean you compare it to mono or we lost the sea or anything like that or godspeed you black emperor even and this this is like it's extraordinarily pretentious. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the time, 1969. Sure, you sure. Know, that was sure. the time. And in those days, bands released an album every year. You got yes. to think, it was only a year before that Source of the Secrets came out. And the dude who was fucking in charge of everything left halfway through recording that. And then they're like, well, we've got to put a new thing out. And they tried this. Now, I mean, even when you get to Atom Heart Mother, which comes out a year later, I mean, even Roger, Roger Waters has even slagged that off, saying he'd like to throw that in the dustbin, right. which I think at least is a fucking, at least that's an album. Mm. Like, you know, medal. And then at medal, I go, ah, oh, yeah, I'm starting to see what this band are. Mm. And then you get Dark Side of the Moon. And then you get arguably one of the best four album forerunners ever. And, and I understand, like, I, you know, did it, did the world need to hear this? Mm. Not really. But yeah. if, Pink Floyd having to release this and having to go, okay, well, we can't do that again. If that leads them to the point where they're releasing the Dark Side of the Moon and Wish You Were Here and Animals and The Wall, then I I can live with this album existing. I don't, you know, if you're like me, you call me that, you know, the the cult of Pink Floyd and and you say that about like, oh, you're part of it. I'm not part of it in the sense that, that, you know, like I say, the Sid Barrett stuff, I can kind of take or leave it there's some of it i think is pretty good there's some of it that i don't think is really good i'm not really that into sort of psychedelic 60s psychedelia by anyone you know i like the doors but even the doors when the doors mm. get oh the doors far got up their own well ass. up their own ass yeah 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 when like, they were again, good they were fucking amazing but yeah. but yeah again when they're good but it's not really my bag um might have been a bit unfair to say you were part of the cult but just to give you a few ideas i did just call up the amazon thing i'm not going to actually read the reviews these but the, the reason i wanted to call up amazon is these are reviews not by uh, critics they're reviews by people you know by by ordinary folk by uh 
civilians, as we call them. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'll just just to read the headlines of these reviews. Always perfection. Classic Pink Floyd sounding better than the or- original vinyl. Great screams. I fully accept that I'm an old timer, but don't think Floyd have ever done better. That's the cult of Pink Floyd. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. if you're like me and you love the big, big commercial Pink Floyd stuff, and you, when you think of Pink Floyd, you do think of, you know, that run of four. Um, I think you'll find a lot of this incredibly alienating. You, you just will. Yeah. Um, and they certainly made the right choice. And in my mind, you know, the direction they went in writing songs for me is, yeah. cl- is clearly, you know, I don't care how fucking much of a, you know, sell out or much of a fucking normie it makes me sound uh comfortably numb is better than anything that happened at this period it it just it is and you know like you can you can tell me that i'm like basic as fuck or whatever i just think i like actual you know songs are great not that this has not got any no songs on it at all and it's completely different but i think that approach suits them much better and the reason people talk about pink floyd and how great they are now i don't think is because of stuff like umaguma having said that for doing something that i am not like super invested in in the first half on the live album um i but this is not the worst like this is no this would for me if when we come to ranking it here mm-hmm. this is nowhere near the worst that we've done at all oh definitely I, I don't not think no 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 um i mean just just for the just for the fact that it doesn't have um troublesome lyrics let's say <laughs> it, it, it doesn't get into the worst no 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 um i i have to admit i i'm looking at the list in front of me and it is quite difficult to um figure out a place for it i have to admit uh but I, I don't I, th- I I would say it's somewhere in the middle. I don't think like D.D. King, I get a lot more love. I've got a lot more love for and, and yeah, even course. Shatner and Lauren Hill, blah, blah, blah. So I certainly don't think it's around there, but it's absolutely not as risible as your Uncle Crackers, your Broken Sides, your Blood on the Dance Floors, your Methods of Mayhem. So really, I think we're looking at somewhere in the middle, maybe somewhere between Queen and Paul Rogers and mick jagger maybe i don't know if you have the list up there so i do i mean i'm just looking at there's a little gap here there's kind of black and white rainbows by bush Mm. primitive cool by mick jagger results may vary by limp biscuit i mean i have to say as soon as i got there i was like well this is better than results may vary it's pretentious as fuck you're not going to hear me sticking up for limp biscuit very often but i don't think it is better than results you really think yeah, I, I do, I do, I do. Oh my, I can't, oh, I can't believe you've made me do it, Steve, and I feel sick in my mouth. But I do think Fred Durst is better than this. <laughs> I actually do. But I, I mean, do. at least, at least, you know, the first half of this, they are doing a thing that they try and do and doing it well. I mean, Limp Biscuit aren't even good at doing the thing that then they, they, they tried. Like, I, the results I, may I vary isn't even a good. Doing, I don't think they're doing it well. I just don't well, the, think they the are. The live album? No. No. I think they're it's, certainly doing it better than the fucking Limp Biscuit trying to do Nickelback. I don't think it's done well though. And I think it I I mean I'm Limp Biscuit had 
a couple of moments on it which made me go oh at least that's quite a good riff i suppose this has a couple of moments on it which makes me go it's oh it's a hard one um i mean to be totally perfectly frank with you i was kind of looking at it and thinking of putting it kind of oh i don't think you're gonna like this um sort of between the enemy and dirty vegas yeah i mean <laughs> it's not good Steve. It's i'm really not saying bad. it's good i'm not saying it's good <laughs> i'm just saying that like when it's bad it's fucking dreadful mm, mm. and it's, it's also, long it's really long it's really long results yeah. may vary as long as well but you know i mean they're all bloody long album. all these fucking albums are yeah. long aren't they well the um, enemy is like 43 minutes dirty vegas was quite short from what i recall um, I, I, here would be my kind of my my um my riposte to just particularly dirty vegas and the enemy okay you aren't you won't forget what's on here like the enemy is like a and dirty vegas are like bubbles you blow it and as soon as it hits oxygen it just vanishes and disappears mm -hmm. it's gone mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. won't forget this record again and like it or not pink floyd were trying to do that it's a bit like metal machine music that's mm -hmm. what they wanted to do i mean i think even they admit they didn't really succeed which no. i think is where it is different to metal machine music mm -hmm. um i don't really think well i actually said they didn't know what they wanted. i don't i mean maybe that's the thing i'm not even sure they definitely knew definitely what they did want to do but they certainly knew that they were you know they were going in to do something experimental and to just let whatever happened be the thing that happens. And certainly I think you've got a song like Astronomy, uh, Astronomy Domain, which is the first song on Piper the Gates at Dawn, which is a good, a good record. And it's not the best version of it. And it does sound super dated at the time, but for 1969 standards doing a live album, uh, you know, I don't have, I don't think you can shit on it too much. It's mm. 60 psychedelica is hard work, man. It's fucking hard work and it's hit and miss. It's so hit and miss, but, and even this when this more, is hit and miss is more miss than hit personally. Absolutely. I agree with you. I think it is more miss than hit, but I don't think there's anything on the enemy or dirty Vegas that could even be considered vaguely hit based. And particularly when, mm. particularly when their standards are so low, yeah. What they're aiming yeah. for is so shooting fish in a barrel. Okay. I think that is more risible than what Pink Floyd are trying to do. You've convinced me there, but how about we compromise and put it what? between put it between the enemy and Limp Bizkit? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it's not great, that's, you know. No, that's a I fair mean, compromise, I, though, I think. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, he's not that. happy. He's not happy. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I think that's, you know, look, this is not a good... I, look, to be honest with you, right... I didn't listen to this album until about about six years ago. Right. Because there's a lot of Pink Floyd, like a bit wouldn't like me saying Napalm Death, what a daunting back catalogue. And particularly yeah, the yeah. kind of the 60s and earlier stuff, I find that particularly daunting. And I think <clears throat> Piper at the Gates of Dawn was actually the second, second or third. Yeah, because it would have been The Wall and... Uh, and then Dark Side of the Moon. And then I got Piper at the Gates of Dawn. And that's when I shit myself. And then I got Medal. <laughs> that's when I got Medal. And I went, okay, there's definitely, like, it's different, but it's something It's something else, but it's still good. Piper at the Gates of Dawn just weirded me out a lot. Mm. Um, and then I just was like, I might leave that stuff for a while. And I just went for sort of all of the big ones. Mm -hmm. 
But when I came back to it, which was, you know, like I say, not long ago, because I was like, I never really did go fully in on that proper early part of Pink Floyd's career. Not very much of it has stuck with me. And Uma Guma was certainly one of the ones that did not stick with me. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not here repping for it. No, fair, um, fair, fair, fair. But, uh, but it's not great. But in it goes, Uma Guma by Pink Floyd. If you are one of those people that Renfrey's talking about and you're furious, please direct your anger to Renfrey and not to me because <laughs> uh, I'm more on your side than uh, than, than he is. Well, certainly yeah. than he is. Um, anyway, yeah, let's pick another like, house. It's always nice to hear from people who disagree with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I said, said, let's pick another house out. That's not true at all. <laughs> let's pick another album out of the hat. Ooh. He's been playing Monopoly this entire time, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, original uh, soundtrack. Track by various artists. artists interesting okay so another bit a couple of big van halen yeah. pink floyd and now the beatles well, that's well, not, really well the beatles. it's not the beatles but yes Be- just... the bgs oh the bgs like fuck me okay hey nothing wrong with the bgs <laughs> no 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 but i can't imagine them doing them doing sergeant pepper era beatles does not sound good to me <laughs> that'd be good um okay cool yeah, so no, that should be good. No. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band original soundtrack is going to go into Broken Records next week. Okay, there you go. That is Pink Floyd's Umaguma in the list for Broken Records. Our next episode is the first episode recorded as Broken Records as its own separate podcast. So it won't be something that's getting thrown back to a previous episode of Riot Act. It will be its own thing from now on. So if you just sort of found the podcast and you're like what is going on where they keep throwing back to me why are you doing that like, why is um it basically it used to be a segment we're giving it its own thing and from now on its own thing it will be so next time starting off the episodes in full as you know as as nature intended sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band original soundtrack that is there waiting for you to be listened to right now it's the first kind of proper episode of it i love this episode yeah by the way it's i uh... couldn't couldn't be happier that this was the one that came out as the first one that we did i could not be fucking happier it's a great one it's a great one to relaunch with definitely yeah yeah it really is so um enjoy that uh as i said go over to us on patreon.com forward slash right act podcast if you want to sign up for more exclusive content there's some more pink floyd stuff over there if you're a pink floyd fan that's how you found this podcast um and you can listen to us reviewing all kinds of things from alternative music on right act every friday but for now we'll leave you and we'll suggest that you go over to sergeant peppers and listen to that because oh, it sure is something yes it is <laughs>